0: So we're going to celebrate, we are celebrating Father's Day uh, today, the message, and there's one thing about our church, it's since the very beginning, it's always been very um, uh, Father anointed, uh, people who have a fathering spirit. I know that when I was growing up, uh, I just had a love, I I loved to babysit, because I loved kids, um, I liked making money, uh, but... <laughs> Even as a teenager, you know, I'd always befriend, you know, some of the younger kids in the neighborhood and play with them. When Chris and I were married and living in Philly, we lived outside of Philadelphia, uh, I would come home from work, and the kids would be in the yard waiting for me. Uh, and their dogs. They would just, uh, on Saturdays, we'd hear a knock early in the morning and said, can Mark come out and play? And... It's, I just I love kids and kids uh just love you know I thought all the time I, I was gonna be a coach until the Lord re- uh revealed to me because now you have a father spirit and that's what attracts them and and that spirit has been on this church. We've had great fathers, people even Papa Phil. Uh Papa Phil has one DNA son and probably about sixty. Surrogate children, men and women and, and that's everyone knows him as Papa Phil And so we want to talk about that Because God has given us some guidelines Him being the perfect father And showing us by his example What should be in us as earthly fathers And it's a quick list And now ladies don't get upset Because I'm talking about fathers You have your day all right, let's not forget, it, it's really your week. We get a day, you know. It's Mother's Day week, you know. It's like, okay. We get a day, but everyone has a father's story. And I, to, I want you to look at your father's story. In fact, at the end, you're going to see those in small groups. There's one, one thing that I'm asking the small groups to do this week is to tell your father's story. Now, you're sitting there going, oh, well, I had a good dad or I had a bad dad. Oh, I didn't have a dad at all. That's a story. That's your story. And as we're going through the things that a father should be, according to the scriptures, I want you to take note to appreciate if your dad did do this for you and appreciate what your dad did not do for you. Because that could be missing in your life. And it's not too late for you to get that. For you to receive that protection or provision or whatever it might be as we go through the list today. Of, you know, I didn't get that. I'm going to believe God that I can get that now. Even at the age that I am. Or to appreciate that this thing was missing in you. And that might have caused this mindset. And this is, this is for the betterment of our life. And the, those who are going to be in our life. Uh, last, uh, two weeks ago, we had uh, a men's prayer breakfast, and there's three men, that, three, three single men who came, and they were adult men, and I prayed for them that, that they would walk out that father spirit, that fathering spirit that's in them. I said, Don't wait to get married, don't wait to have children. You're called to be a surrogate father, to show these attributes to men and women who may not be getting it from their father or an absent father. So there's a there's a divine statement being made as we go through these points, and I want you to add to your story. So let's start <clears> the <throat> five purposes of a father. And it's gotta be kind of a story day. I think that's what dad's Dad, every dad should be a good storyteller Okay So let's start with number one it's, it's, uh, we'll, we'll begin with The verse in Deuteronomy And it's a well-known verse And it's quite interesting how it sets up For the second part The first part we all know, we've heard many times says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart With all your soul, with all your strength These commandments That I give to you today Are to be in your heart Alright, so that's where most of the time when we hear this verse, that's it. You're to love the Lord your God. All your soul, all your might, all your heart. That's all in here. And that's where it stops most of the time. But if we look, there's an action. Once you do this, put that in here. It says, that is, this God is it needs to be followed with an action. Impress them on your children. Impress on them what you've established in here. Just don't keep it here. You know, people are saying, oh, you know, I just, I believe in the Lord, but I just, I just keep it to myself. That's not what it says. Your job is to impress, impress them on the kids. And just not impress them by the way you walk, the way, your generosity, the way you live. The way you live above certain things. The way you live through certain things. It says impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. That's just natural. You're just sitting at home. When you walk along the road. When you lie down. When you get up. This is what we're to be doing with the children. With your grandchildren. With the next door neighbor boy that comes over and asks you to play. Can I come over and help you work on this? Can, I, can you show me how to do this? Can I, you know, I thought I was done with projects. When my kids got out of college, I was done with building product, projects. You know, were you the project guy? Starts with Christmas toys, putting them all together. Then it's like, hey, I got this project. And so now my next-door neighbor, Joe, who comes to the first service, he went off to Ascension Island to do a job out in the middle of the Atlantic. And so he goes, hey, could you just kind of watch everything? You know, he's got like 500 chickens and like, like yeah, two dogs. <laughs> and his daughter and his wife were there. So she comes over. She goes, hey, um, I got a project. I thought I was done with projects. I thought, I thought, we get this tire wheel. We made a roulette the rolling roulette table, it spun, she got 110 points. I tell you, you know who was so happy? She got the points, but I was happy because I made the whole flipping thing. She goes, well, I carried it to school. And now her mom has one wheel on her bicycle. So it cost her mom something. But you know what? So Joe comes home, and guess who's going to do the next project? No. <laughs> Why? It's a father's spirit. It's a father's spirit. Well, that's not your daughter. Those aren't my chickens either. <laughs> You're a dad, a surrogate dad, a grandfather, a big brother, and the Lord has told us, here's what we're to do. Here's the action. If you if you say that you've put God in your heart, it works out that when you walk, when you sit, when you stand, when you go out to eat, you press these things on the men and women you're with. Here's a it's just a statement people tell me all the time cuz my kids don't listen to me don't worry that your children never listen to you worry that they're always watching you you know it's, it's like you see a, a 3 year old kid is acting up and you get upset that 3 year old should go i'm watching how you react to me misbehaving you know it's not just disciplining them that's important it's they're watching how you respond to their bad behavior. Does their bad behavior cause bad behavior in you? They're watching constantly. It's like, don't worry, don't worry, they don't listen to you. Man, they are watching how you love their mother, how you respect or don't respect their mother how they can get under your skin, how they can get away with certain things. They're constantly watching. Every time you see a four-year-old, just know. (laughs) Everything. Everything. Can't impress that enough. Someone is watching you. So, we're going to I'm going to start off with some statistics because it's, it's real. People say, how do you, you know, we want to improve our neighborhoods. We want to improve this community. We want to do this. You know what? Find some fathers to, to work with these kids that don't have a father. You know, poverty doesn't come from not having money. Poverty comes from not having two people in the house. And that's a statistic that proves it. And this is from the, the Census Bureau. The red is the married, married couples. They say it, that are living in poverty, uh, beneath the poverty level. And you see the difference. If there's two parents in the household compared to a single parent. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how two parents make it. Good night. It's just somebody's got to do the laundry, cook the food, take care of the kids, get them off the roof. It's just amazing. And I got a roof story for you. It said 85% of children who show behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 85%. 90% of all homeless and runaway children come from fatherless households. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from, yes, right, 80% come from fatherless homes. Now, let me tell you, it's tough. So who, who's had a strong-willed child? Okay, I, I had one. Her name was Aslan. Oh, my. Just oh, my. You know, it's it's like I get punished. I come home. Crystal says, Aslan's done this to her sisters. You need to go deal with it. Okay, Aslan, come to the bathroom. Say you're sorry to your sisters. Aslan, say you're sorry to your sisters. (laughs) please, <laughs> go in the bathroom, and I administer <laughs> teaching. Go. We're going to go out and apologize to your sisters. Apologize to your sisters. Go back to the bathroom. Apologize to your The fifth time. I'm trying to make cry noises so Crystal thinks Aslan's crying. <laughs> it's like, I go, like, Aslan, please say you're sorry to your sisters. Blink if you're sorry to your sisters. I th- girls, I think I saw her blink. <laughs> Boy, it was rough, and to this day I don't know what happened, but she's probably the most sensitive. And the Lord saw fit to give her a strong-willed child. And do you know what that's called? Do you know what that's called? Justice. (laughs) Sometimes life is fair. (laughs) Wow. Well, number one, here's what a father is. He is a protector. On March 5th, a spring training game. Locally here, it was the uh, Atlanta Braves and the Pittsburgh Pirates. And you're about to meet Landon Cunningham, nine-year-old little boy, a Braves fan. And he was at the game, and somebody got a picture of this. Is that amazing? A reporter, I just want you to know that first service, I was a mess. I cried through the whole thing. That's why it went so long. A reporter asked Landon if he would be afraid to attend another baseball game. And he said, as long as my dad's with me, I'm okay. (laughs) We take an example of our heavenly father. He said, the the Bible tells us that because you being bad fathers do good things for your children. He goes, just think about your heavenly father who's good. What does he do for us? Can, you know, I wonder, wonder if, if we could, if you don't have it today, just introduce that thought that you want to sow. Be like Landon, the way he is with his father, to be with your heavenly father. That no matter what you're facing, no matter what you've experienced, no matter what hell... Has come into your life. You go. As long as I'm with my dad. I'm going to make it. No matter what you're facing. And it's a hard thing. It's it, it can be the toughest thing you're going through. But then there's that. You just got to. R- just reach down. And know. Dad's going to do this. And take it. You're going to be okay. So let me just. Speak that over you, that if you're struggling, if, if you think that you, you don't get all the breaks, that you've suffered some pain, that there's some fear in your life, there's some anger. Your dad, being not perfect, protects you and looks out for you. How much more a good heavenly father? Will step in there. But is he with you? As long as dad is with me, is dad with me? Do I go places where he's not? Do I put on certain friends and things where he's not because of my attitude? A dad is a protector. I was at, uh, over a decade ago, you know. Uh, uh, the Boyces, they have three boys and a a girl, the youngest. I go to see Jeff Boyce. They come to the first service. And I'm in there talking to Rochelle. She's giving me something to drink. I'm waiting for Jeff to come home. And Jeff's an excitable guy. But he's all dad. The door throws open and goes, Rochelle! I'm like, he goes, the kids are all on the roof! And I think the little one looks like four or five. You know, Rochelle's just washing, you know. She goes, Well, they get hurt, they'll learn. <laughs> he's, all, he's all about this protect the kids, protect the kids. She's going, Ah, you know, no, their arm will bend. You know, it's like, <laughs> She's tough. <laughs> That's why your dad's always on you guys. That's why he was. Where are you going? Who you with when you get back? Do I know them? Sometimes we would resent it. Why are you always doing that? Why you at, you don't need to, you're not the boss of me. Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> and some people put something in the spirit, and they start resenting their dad. He just needs to be close enough so he can stick his arm out and protect you. If you're way over there and he doesn't know where you are, he can't do that. Crystal's dad would, <laughs> would always give. This is how old we are. Would always give her a dime. He says, "You don't have to do nothing for nobody. Call me, I'll pick you up." You know, now now it's pick up your own phone. But a dime made the call before. <laughs> dad protects, and we follow the nature of our heavenly Father because He is a protector. So, uh, wow. Number two. Oh, well, you know what? Before we go there, let's tell, I'll tell the story. I'll tell the story. Should I tell the story? Everyone cheers for the stories in the first service. <laughs> I'm going to say it the British way. Elisha and Elijah. British say Elisha because the names in, in American English are too close together. One of the, that gives you an example of how a, God, a, a father is a protector. Uh, a, a, a father breaks, he's, he's ahead. He's breaking the forces of the headwind. He's taking it. He takes the full brunt of it. And I was looking at um, all the Father's Day, and I noticed all the Father's Day posts, so many of them were pictures of your fathers who have passed away, remembering what a great man my father was, remembering, and I was just taken back today that people appreciate a good man once they've departed because now, you realize he was taking the headwind. And once they're removed, you're going, well, what's all this happening? My life's just gotten bad since dad left. No, that's what dad was taking. He was taking the headwind. It leaves a void. And so Elisha and Elijah, Elisha was the servant to Elijah. And Elisha just said, he goes, You know, I just want to follow you. I just want to see, you know, how God does these miracles through you. And and he did these incredible things. So one day Elisha gets up and he sees Elijah talking to the Lord, and all of a sudden Elijah is taken up in a chariot of fire. And he throws him his mantle, his coat. And he goes, Okay, you're next. You're the next prophet. He went. Oh. He goes, all he had to do before was pour water on Elijah's hands so he could eat. That was his whole job. And he's like, oh, <laughs> we're going to go save the nation of Israel. We're going to go walk across the river. And I was like, he had nothing because Elijah was the head breaking the wind. And now Elijah's gone and Elisha, he sees his cloak, he puts it on. Now he's got to pray for the nation of Israel. Now he has got to perform the miracles. Now he has to pray. It was all done for and before. Till that father figure was gone. And now it's his. Now he appreciates. He appreciates that. That went ahead of him. Number two. Bible tells us that the father's provider, see in 1 Timothy, because anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for, in their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. It's worse. And, and when I say provide, I'm not talking about just money, but there's provisions. A father brings richness. You know, dads are more fun than mom. Yeah, Who just are? Come on, <laughs> you know he's gonna end up bleeding. He's gonna end up hurting himself. You know, so he's like, ah, laugh at that. You know, but what we bring is wisdom, friendship, counsel, perspective, generosity, and kindness. That makes the kids richer. That's a provision. You know, it's not like, well, I make, you know, a million dollars a year. I'm a better provider. No, you're not. It says a provider. If you don't provide, you know, and if you're not providing, you know, you can borrow my lawnmower and start doing something around the neighborhood. You start somewhere. You provide. But it's more, it's much, much more than just money. Well, If, if, if we're made in God's image, one of God's names is Jehovah Jireh, God provider. The Lord provideth. And I'm made in his image. And, you know, and if, you, if you're in a tight place and you know you're, there's a daughter or a son that needs something, you don't know what it is, first ask your wife, what do they need? Because they're sensitive to that stuff. But it's amazing how you can establish something. There's something about the man establishing it. The girls would come, you know, Crystal would, would say, oh, you're so pretty, oh, that dress on, you're a princess, you're, you know. And they go, "No, oh, no. Dad comes home, oh, that's, that's the prettiest dress I've ever seen. Really? <laughs> it's established. You know, I'd come home. You know, I've been working all day, and I've come home. I want to, you know, I mean, the kids are just coming, Daddy's home, Daddy's home, and they're all jumping. They don't know why, but they yeah, Daddy's home, Daddy's home. And then I come home days, and Crystal comes out the front door. She goes, go in and spank every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, you have. <laughs> you know, and in the night, go and tell them a story. You know, my stories are better. Or dumber, I think it's probably, I make them laugh. <laughs> but it's because there's something about the Father's voice that establishes something. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, the, the, it's, it's, the Bible says, I've read it so many times this week in studying it, it just warns the Father, says, watch how you say it. Watch how you say it. You don't know how hard this is coming down on them. They may, not be, they may not be doing what you're asking to do, but you just don't keep, going, don't keep going up in anger because you carry a sharp sword. And you're damaging. You just don't know that your words establish something. It's hurting them at some point. At one point, you're disciplining them. another point, you're trying to get a change in them. But there's a place where you've damaged them because there's something about them what you say it is and ladies you can you can it, it, you can say you hate your husband i hate you i hate you that man turns goes out the door trips on the door seal hits his head on the beams bleeding all over the porch oh baby oh baby oh baby and you're cleaning up the blood and all you know let me in You say you hate your wife, you've done something to yourself. You've put something in you, you may never get out. You even establish things in yourself. You watch your words. Because as powerful as you can be to the positive and to other people, you can be just as uh, powerful to the negative to yourself. You establish things by your words. That's the difference that I see with men and women. And for those of you who have crossed that line, let me tell you, you need, you, you need to ask for forgiveness. Because when you say something, it's like a vow. When a man says it, it's like making a vow. And you've got to go back and break those vows and ask for forgiveness of the man or the woman you've said those things to. And look in yourself and ask the Lord to take that spike out of your computer program. Because you've limited yourself on on the emotion you can have towards that person again. You're a protector provider. You're also a promoter. Have you noticed when you got married and had kids, men, that your Christmas ended you don't get a present. You get underwear. You know? It's like my present. The only thing you got on Christmas morning is to go buy the batteries, put the bike together, you know, that's it. And watch your kids, you know, fight over the toys. That's about it. I want you to know that there. once you have children, it is no longer about you. You have lived a life where you wanted everyone to see you. You wanted to be special. You wanted to be the fastest, the tallest You have a kid, it is no longer about you, it is about them. You promote them. It is time to stop promoting you. It is them. You figure the Lord sends his son to earth. He's going to do miracles. He's going to lay his life down for us. But on two different occasions, God saw to it, once in a cloud and once when Jesus was getting baptized, he publicly said, this is my son who I am well pleased with. Listen to him. And I'm telling you, if Jesus needed to hear that from his father, how much more do our children need to hear us publicly promote Publicly, not discipline, not ridicule, not be the joke, but publicly promote. This is my son. I'm well pleased. That's my daughter. That's my daughter. She couldn't make me happier. Jesus needed it. Remember, we were building a daddy story. Did you hear that from your dad? Here's the good thing about having a bad dad or an absent dad. You're appreciating what your kids need from you because you didn't get it. If anybody knows this story, you should know it. It's a good teacher. But you need to know your story and what it is that you missed so that you can give to your grandkids. You can give to that boy next door. You can release that father spirit within you if you have kids or not. You can change your community. Change your community. Change your neighborhood if you put on that mantle. Well, you're the promoter. Number four, you're the priest. And let me explain priest. Being a priest. In the Old Testament, the priest was always a man. He was always a man, and his life was dedicated to the service of the position of the priest by making sacrifices, spiritual and physical, for the nation. Well, he he would make sacrifices for the remission of sin. Well, Jesus comes along in the New Testament, and he is that perfect sacrifice. So we see priesthood has changed here. We no longer need to make sacrifices for our family, for our nation, because Jesus was the sacrifice. But there's still, when you have children, the head of the household, man or woman, Jesus is the sacrifice. And the, the Bible says that in Christ, there's no male or female, no Jew, no Gentile. You're, you're Christians. Whoever the head of the household is, as the priest, needs to do this, pray. There needs to be prayer from that person. And let me make this very clear. Men and women don't pray alike. When things were going through things and Crystal, she'll go, I see, you sure you're praying enough, right? I go, who's praise enough? But yes, I'm praying. Let me show you the difference. See, Crystal, Doctor Crystal, prays, and most women, they pray. There's emotion in it. There's history. There's a story. Oh Lord, we we just cry out for you know so and so because she's been so faithful, and you know, it. And there's a story that goes with her prayer. You know, it's like she's having this story time, you know. And then it comes time for us guys to pray. it's like, Lord, I need $2,000 by Friday. Amen. (laughs) Come on. That's prayer. No, I go fishing a lot. When I I cast, if I have a cast net, it's, it's just how long it takes. The Bible says cast your cares on him. I said, that doesn't take long. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so, that's so that's the difference. And I don't, I'm not talking about how wonderful they are and how hard. Now, there's no story with my prayer. It's like, I need it. I'm in trouble. Amen. <laughs> there's a reason why I think why more men don't pray. As they make a mistake, they think that sin is their biggest problem and I can't go to the Lord because, you know, I haven't changed this. I haven't done that. I haven't done that. Here's what the Bible says in in, in Chronicles. It It says, what you need to do is to humble yourself. It said, if my people who are called by my name will what? Humble themselves and pray. Men don't want to humble themselves. I can do this on my own. I can do it. And then the one, when you find out you can't do it, now you're praying. So, if my people called by my name will humble, it says the second you humble yourself, the Lord draws near you. He didn't say, well, but I've sinned. No, he said, humble, I draw near to the humble, not the sinless. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. If you'll confess your sin, turn away from it. I'm going to hear you, and I'm going to heal your land. Everything that steps on anything in your your responsibility, Lord says, I'm coming and fixing it. He didn't say, when you're sinless, I'll come and fix it. He said, when you pray, I'll take care of the sin part. To humble yourself and pray. We don't have a sin problem, guys. We have a prayer problem. Humbling ourselves to pray. That's our problem. He'll deal with the sin. You can't fix your sin anyway. That's what Jesus does. Pray. Pray. Number five. Your prophet. Remember, your words establish things, it's, it's, will, will establish a thing. And a, a father prophesies to the children. He tells them what they can be. You know, it's not just, just, just don't do this discipline thing. What they can be. You're better than this. You're, this isn't. How I've raised you, this is what the words I've spoken over you. Here's what you are. Here's what you're going to be. You're better than this. This is not the end of your life. You're going to get past this, boy. You're going to get past this, girl. This is not the end. It's hardly even the beginning. You are prophesying these things on them. You establish by your words. The, 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 story, the story that we have uh, is Jacob and Rachel. Rachel was having her last child, and, and she was a little older, and she was travailing. She was have struggling with this birth. It went on for days and days. And finally, she gives birth to this little boy. And with a dying breath, she names him. Names, names him Ben Onai or Oni, Ben Oni. I think it's Oni. Ben Oni. It means son of my sorrow. She dies. Well, the handmaiden picks up the baby, takes it to Jacob and said Rachel's died. And with her last breath she named her son Ben Onai, Son of my sorrow. Jacob said, he goes, oh no, that's Benjamin, son of my strength. Every king of Israel comes from the family Benjamin, son of my strength. But too often, the crap and the junk that our parents went through, that you may be going through, gets thrown on as a generational curse to our children. And a... A priest needs to come along and cut that thing off. And that's the position of the father. You cut that curse off your children. You cut it off those that you are fathering. You speak into that life and turn it around. And I'm here to say today, I'm going to change that for this church. I want to give everyone the opportunity today to stand there, and if you're if if you're the prophet and the priest, man, female, whoever's heading up this family, that you're gonna take that mantle, you're going to accept it today, and you're gonna take your position, and you're going to speak and prophesy what your child is going to be. This church needs to move in that anointing. We would we would always try to figure out the you know little Pet pet names we'd have for our kids, and so we used to. We started to call them, "Oh, you little imp, you little imp." And I thought, I'm going to look that up. You know what an imp is? A small demon. Now, it may have, it may have, you know, correctly identified them at that moment. (laughs) (laughs) But but, but I think I told Chris, I said, "We're cutting this off. Done. We're no longer calling them little demons." You know, that kind of thing sticks. You know, we need to cut some things off. Cut them off our kids. Cut them off our wives. We prophesy to them, so I know it's a bold thing, especially if you have older kids. But if your if your child is is not sure of it, remember this is not something we do in private, and it doesn't have to be a big spiritual thing. You are the you are the you are. You're the prophet here. You speak on what is to be established in that child's life. They may not resemble anything that you're saying right now, but you stand in the position that you have been given by God to speak over that child. A couple weeks ago, when I was dedicating my granddaughter, Rory Lynn, I had never heard anything out of her. And I said, the Lord gave me a word. It said, me, you, you here, I said, the Lord tells me, if you were here, I said, Lord tells me word over her is defining voice. She hasn't stopped screaming at the top of her lungs since. It's like, yeah, it's this wild bird out of the jungle screech, a pterodactyl, yeah, you know. And every time someone, someone goes, defining voice. I said We know exactly who it is. I'll tell you the power that you have but you need to release it so let's stand and I'm going to ask you to do something bold if you're with your wife and you've never put your hands on her spiritually (laughs) your daughter, your son let them years from now Possibly when they're feeling the full force of the headwind. They can say, My dad prophesied for me. He spoke for good things in my life. He overlooked all the things that I wasn't doing, that I wasn't listening to. He went from, he could discipline, but he never passed up a prophecy. I'd ask you to just maybe put your hand on them, put them around them. And if not here at home, if they're not here, if you have grandbabies, you speak into their life. The position has been given to you. All right, so Heavenly Father, we prophesy over our daughters, over our wives, over our our young men, our sons, that they and I take, I take the lid off of them. That they can do better than me. That their land is blessed. That they're going to be established in the land of the living. And be called blessed. Blessed by their children. Blessed by the people who are around them. Father, let them see themselves as I see them. And I speak it. For that healing to come to their life. For that anger to be dealt with. For that that blindness, that stupor that comes on them. It's broken. And I as a priest say this and speak it in the authority that Jesus gave me. For you men who your father may not be here, receive what I've said. I'm saying this to you. These are the words of your heavenly father. You don't have a sin problem. You have a prayer problem. Humble yourself. Cry out to him. He's going to heal your land. He is going to hear you from heaven and heal your land. Thank you, father. Father thank you for sending your son and making this possible we ask this in Jesus name, amen